the lane, 15-10, touchdown Chargers! What's up guys, welcome into a super wild card weekend edition of Chargers Weekly. Bolts, Jags, under the lights in Duval Saturday night. As always, joined by Matt Money-Smith. And Money, it, it feels like it's been multiple seasons all wrapped up into one for this Chargers team. A, a, a winding road to get here. Ten wins in the wild card round. Yeah, trying not to... I don't want this to sound like we're patting ourselves on the back, but, you know, I, I think the, the key point that we made was, you know, at that San Francisco game. Um, when we knew it was going to be tough sledding, they were 6-4. and four. They were up in San Francisco. The following week, they had the Chiefs. And we pointed out, you know, just if they can accomplish what the 49ers accomplished, and that is tread water until everybody gets healthy and you get into the tournament healthy, you're going to feel pretty good about yourself. And, man, I cannot – I don't think you can credit Coach Staley enough and his staff and, you know, the leaders on this team, Kyle Van Noy, Khalil Mack, new guys that, you know, we have discovered have emerged as leaders for holding this whole thing together um, as it was falling apart. You know, when you talk about the amount of injury and the absence of Pro Bowl players in and out of games, winning games against Tennessee and, and uh, Miami essentially knocking them out of the playoffs. I know Miami's in, but you know kind of what I'm getting at. And sure. I think it, it's kind of, it was just tantamount that somehow leaders, coaches, position coaches keep this thing together because we knew this is what it was going to look like at the end of the year. Joey's coming back. Now we've heard the window is open for Rashawn Slater, Derwin, Mike. You know, we hope Mike is okay. Keenan's out there, and it's just like you see what it looks like, you know, and you see how it was hot knife through butter on that first offensive drive against Denver, and that's kind of what, and what they did to, to the Rams. And, look, I get it. There's guys that are out, and it's not the complete team that we saw earlier in the season. But, you know, the opponent, I mean, but you see what this team can do. And I think that's, you know, that was just the key. And, and so I think it's so important to, to make sure, because look, Brandon's taking a lot of incoming because of the injury to Mike, you know, and yeah. potentially Joey. But it's like, don't forget what this guy did this year and, and what this team faced, the adversity, the, the decision-making to go for two in Arizona, you know, things like that. Uh, the defensive game plan against Miami that totally knocked them out. Um, you know, it's so important to have that leadership and that coaching to get to where we are now. And I think it's a lot of people are feeling pretty good about this team going into the postseason. I mean, you know, the, the Vegas has them favored to win this game in Jacksonville in the wild card round. Yeah. Money, I give you a lot of credit for basically telling fans just to be patient because it, it was that stretch with San Francisco and Kansas City where you're down so many dudes. And like you said, tread water. They put together a pretty good performance in San Francisco, all things yeah. considered. Um, should have been should have beat the Chiefs. Uh, should have beat the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football with a lot of guys down, and you got to give Coach Staley a lot of credit for for the game plan he put together in Miami and and how that thing kept rolling after uh, Las Vegas. I, I may have mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but Sebastian Joseph Day said the light kind of went on for the defense in Vegas. You know, Bryce Callahan had that pick six. They go up ten nothing, and then things just kind of go awry, and Devontae Adams shows up and and, and does what he does, but. Um, the defense has played great. You know, week 18s are so strange. Um, and we can just briefly touch on last Sunday because, you know, you kick off, you know you're the five seed, but you want to keep guys in a rhythm. And like you said, it, it felt like that, that first drive felt like a, like a preseason drive where you're like, all right, the, the, the starters got it, right? The starters 100%. got it, and they're ready to go for the playoffs. Um, and, you know, Mike, Mike went down, and listen, as we take this, 
Coach Staley said yesterday he's day-to-day. Uh, he, he hopes to, to get him in practice at some point this week. So we can only hope that number 81 is going to be ready to go on Saturday night because the Chargers are going to need him. Uh, Joey Bosa, uh, it was a walkthrough yesterday, but he was labeled as a full participant. So the Chargers are as health, healthy as they can be, minus Mike right now. And I, I just I go back to that game. It's hard because you know the defense gave up some big plays, but mentally – you're at this phase where I know you're playing hard, but you know week 18, it doesn't mean as much as, as the next week. So I don't put a ton of stock in some of the big plays that, that were given up just because of kind of the weirdness of that week 18. Yeah, there's a couple things, I think, to, to kind of remind yourself of with the Denver game. You know, um, look, the, I think what people forget, too, is it's not just coaches, it's players. We know how Justin is, you know, the, the fun social media video of, hey, no lift on Monday. And he's like, why aren't we lifting? You know, he, Justin wanted to play, <laughs> you know, and when Justin wants to play, well, now the offense has to play, you know. And so I think you got to keep that in mind is, you know, he's the leader of the offense. He's the straw that stirs the drink. And when he says he's going out there, well, now the O-line's got to go out there. He needs playmakers out there. So I think that goes into it. Um, I think it's important to remember what the defense looked like prior to the end of the first half, you know, completely shut him down. Now, Russ was missing some passes, you know. Uh, Obukwe-Unum should have had a touchdown. Russ missed them. There were a couple of those. Um, but at the same time, you know, the guy was two, I think he was two for nine for 13 yards. So the defense was putting pressure on him. Um, you know, they were, they were able to get turnovers or a turnover. Um, and really, when you're talking about, you know, those explosive plays, and I'm not, you know, I hate doing it, but, you know, it's Jasir Taylor. You know, those are, those are going over Jasir's heads. You know, Asante got burned for one. Jasir got burned for two. And I think, believe it or not, I do think that's a positive. I think it's a reminder going into the playoffs. You know, you have Eckler with a fumble. You got Carter with a fumble. You've got explosive plays at the end of the first half with 10 seconds on the clock. And I think it's just, a, you know... I think there are reminders out there of these are things that can lose you playoff games. Yep. You know, Chargers should have won that game. You know, DeAndre Carter doesn't fumble that, you know, doesn't fumble that ball inside the 10, and they're going to take a lead. So it's, it's, I think it's a good reminder for Coach to point to those moments and say, hey, man, I appreciate you wanting to get those extra five yards, but ball security is, is of number one at its number one priority. Let's not forget that, guys. You know, two, when there is 30 seconds left in the half, and you cannot let a ball go over your head under any circumstances. So I think, believe it or not, I do think there are things to be taken away from Denver that can set you up for Jacksonville. And, and it's good to have those reminders because, like you said, Chris, they've been in such a good rhythm and it's just been so positive here these last four-plus games that I do think it's good to have a little bit of adversity to remind guys how the playoffs are different and little mistakes can be the difference between advancing and going home and ending your season. Yeah, playoffs completely different. Corey Lindsley said yesterday in the locker room, you know, it's just a, it's a much faster game. It's coming at you 100 miles an hour, and, and guys have to be ready to go. And you look at all the guys that, that were brought in this offseason money for this moment, right? You bring in Khalil Mack. You bring in Kyle Van Noy, Super Bowl experience, Sebastian Joseph Day, Gerald Everett, Troy Reeder, Morgan Fox, um, you know, Corey Lindsley, you know, uh, Brandon joked yesterday that you know he uh, Corey got the best of him in the in that game when he was the defense coordinator against the Rams and that's why they joined forces. So to have a guy like Corey uh, on that offensive line who did not play in the Week Three game 
and, and that's kind of where I want to go next, sure. this rematch. And everything, I, I wrote down everything that went wrong in week three, and, it, and it's a laundry list. And uh, I, I think it's the only game this year where you could point to literally everything going in the opposite direction of what the Chargers wanted. Number one, Justin had broken rib cartilage. We didn't even know if he was going to play in the game. Like we, yeah, we were waiting all the, week. Yeah, remember they did the week. run through, and uh, they had Chase Daniel as the starter on the on the scoreboard. Yeah, yeah. So so when inactives came out, we were we were surprised that Justin was was active. Frankly, uh, Corey Lindsley got hurt in the game against Kansas City. Did not play in that game. Rashawn Slater and Joey Bosa left the game. Jalen Guyton season-ending injury at the end of that game. Keenan Allen got hurt in week one, did not play in that game. The running game was non-existent. 12 for 26, 2.2 yards per carry. Austin had four carries for five yards. Justin had two turnovers. He clearly was, he put the ball 45 times, clearly in pain. Uh, a fumble and an interception. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was not, not sacked at all. He was only hit twice. Uh, 262 yards, three touchdowns, uh, a nearly 72% completion percentage. The Jazz control time of possession, 38-27 to 21-33. Um, so where do you start? Everything went wrong for the Chargers in that game, Money. So I'll start with Corey because um, we saw it. You know, Chargers were running right through the Chiefs in that first half. Corey goes out. Justin fractures his ribs, game slips away. That was a win. Yep. Uh, game was a win. So now you have no Corey for the back half of that game against the Chiefs. So the game against the Jags, he's not playing. Will Clapp is playing. And I think oh. it's important to point out, look at the, the performance from the two guards, from Zion and from Filer. When you talk about you know that contest, Without Corey Lindsley, Zion allowed five pressures. Matt Filer, in 50 pass-blocking snaps, allowed eight pressures. Um, Rashawn Slater is in that game. He takes 25. He takes half of the dropbacks, right? Justin drops back 25 times. Justin drops back 50 times. Of those 50 dropbacks, you've got, of those 50 dropbacks, Slater is out there for half of them. For 25, he allows two pressures, okay? Two pressures. His replacement is Storm Norton. He comes in for the other 25. He allows eight. Eight pressures. And so to put that in perspective, you're talking about the guy you lost, took half the snap, allowed two. The guy that comes in allows eight. And the two guards on either side without Corey Lindsley allow five and eight themselves. Like when you go through, um, when you go through the pass, like I, I would love to. I, I want to say, Khalil Mack. I think leads the Chargers with like fifty-eight pressures, right? I, I want to say going. I think going into Denver. I don't know how many he had in the Denver game, but if I remember right, and doing my board and, and getting it up, I believe Khalil, Khalil Mack leads the Chargers with fifty-eight pressures in that one game, because he, Josh Allen had eleven. 11 pressures in one game. So I think you start there. So now all of a sudden the offense can't do anything because the offensive line without Corey Lindsley and then without Rashawn Slater, it just it did not function. It could not operate. So I think it's important to remember that first and foremost. Then when, when you get beyond that, you go into the pass rushing stats and you talk about what Joey Bosa had going prior to his getting hurt. You know, the guy was barely out there. So he's out there for just seven pass rushes 
and he gets a pressure and a quarterback hit in just seven, you know, and Trevor Lawrence dropped back 40 times. So I think you've got to remember, like, having Slater, having Lindsley, to- having a healthy Justin Herbert, like, that changes everything, you know, on offense. And then on defense without Joey, they just shifted everything over to Khalil Mack, and it just couldn't get any pressure on, on Trevor Lawrence. And they were able – and, by the way, James Robinson, remember, was kind of the bell cow in that. And he was yeah. sort of the hammer between the tackles. And he's not even on the team anymore. So, Yeah, he had a 50-yard touchdown. And uh, I'm glad you brought up the line because, you know, it's just, that's just chaos in a game. Yeah. When, when Rashawn Slater goes out, you put Storm Norton in. And you mentioned Storm's line that game. Um, the fact that Zion, it was his third professional football game. The fact that Joey goes out and you're trying to find a pass rush without him on the fly. These are all things that I look at everything that went wrong, Money, and I'm almost like, I think this is a good thing. Like, I, I, I think it's a good thing that they saw this Jacksonville team, which seemed like eons ago, um, everything having gone wrong the way it did, and then realizing that Justin is probably as healthy as he's ever been. Corey's going to be back. Keenan is going to be back. You hope Mike is in there. Um, Austin, after that Jacksonville game, he, he came on in that, that Houston game and just took off from there. Um, the running game has been very solid the last quarter of the season. Jamari Sawyer has kind of uh, found his rhythm as the left tackle. And like you said, Zion, it was his third game. Now he's going to play his, his 18th game. So, you know, 15 more games of experience. Uh, I, I look at Saturday night and the fact that it was Tennessee-Jacksonville in what felt like probably a playoff atmosphere. It was very similar to what the Chargers did with the Raiders last year in Week 18, win and you're in. Um, do you think that that's an advantage for the Jags in, in that, hey, you almost played a playoff game last year or last week, and, and you're going into another one in your, in your home while the, the Chargers kind of played this in-between what-are-we-doing game? Well, I think, I think going back to week three, I think it's important to, to point out that I, there's a positive for Jacksonville there, certainly. You know, it's a young team with almost, you know, zero playoff experience. So for Doug Peterson to have won a Super Bowl, um, as a coach to say, look, you already played this team. You roughed them up, man. You know, what, what's, what's the – okay, so they got guys that have playoff experience in Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and Derwin James and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, but you already played them. You already beat the snot out of them, so you can do it. <laughs> There's, and by the way, you're underdogs. That's what people think of you. You, you won a game 38-10, to 10, you're at home, and uh, Vegas thinks you're going to lose. So, you know, they got some they, they got some good chip on their shoulder action going uh, as well. I I think like for me I I don't think there's a positive to come out of that game against the Titans it being a playoff sort of atmosphere cuz they got outplayed. They got outplayed. They should have lost that game, you know, and and they and look, I say that, you know, by also pointing out you know, yes, they made the play. Rayshon made the play. He made the strip sack that was scooped up by Allen and scored for the win. But, you know, I thought Josh Dobbs was probably better than Trevor Lawrence in that game. Um, they did, you know, you're talking about Trevor having all of his weapons at TN, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, Ingram, Zay Jones. They're all out there, and he throws for 212 on 32 dropbacks. You know, meanwhile, you know, Dobbs is, is dealing with Oconquo and Robert Woods, who has not been healthy all year, and Hooper and, you know, Traylon Burks, who just came back. And, and he's, you know, I, I just, what I'm getting at is I don't think they played well. They did not play well. They Their got the win. Well. 
No. So I think that's I think that's a positive for the Chargers to say, okay, you know, the the Titans were you know, were down. They had Danico Autry back and Simmons is out there, but they don't have Harold Landry. You know, they're down David Long. Like I think you can I think you can say the Chargers feel pretty good about watching that that film against Tennessee and, and knowing, okay, we got our full complement of weapons. Derwin's going to be out there. Mikey Davis has turned into a lockdown corner over the course of this season. You know, you got Joey on one side, Khalil on the other. We know what Morgan Fox has turned into. How, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day just set a, a record for, you know, his, his career high in tackles in a season. He's the league leader, tied for the league lead in, in defensive tackles, tackle for loss. Like, they got a squad now coming in. And we know Drew Tranquil should be a pro bowler. It's embarrassing that he's not. So I think I think it works both ways. You know, I think that the Titan the uh the Jaguars should have a little bit of of positive emotions because they won that game and punched their tickets and it was a playoff like winner go home atmosphere. Uh but the Chargers I think gotta feel pretty good about who they have rolling in there and watching what that Tennessee defense was able to do to slow down Trevor Lawrence a little bit after he had been playing so well. Yeah, you know, what when I think of keys to victory for the Chargers, I know we can get into this a little bit later, but the first thing that comes to mind for me is is Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. And Trevor Lawrence, uh, he has 12 fumbles this year, and he's lost nine of them. He lost yeah. four fumbles in a game against Philadelphia earlier this year. Um, you can get the ball from him. And when you have two of the best strip sack artists in football at full go in the playoffs, that's where I think this game is won. You talked about the Chargers not turning the ball over, having those two turnovers in Denver. Yeah. It, it's almost a reminder that can't happen. On the other side, you have to force turnovers. And, you know, Jacksonville's defense, they've done a really good job of, of forcing turnovers. I think they have 11 in their last five games. Their defense has played well. They've allowed 23 points over the last three weeks. But the quarterback's money, Zach Wilson, Davis Mills, and Josh Dobbs. That's not Justin Herbert. No, and I think – you know, I think the key is turnover. That's why we, I brought it up with Denver. You know, this team has won games because of turnovers. You know, Cowboys, if you go through their lat, you know, they've been on this win streak, right? So they're, what are they? They're three or four and four and eight, I think is what they are, right? I think that's what they were. Four and, yeah, four and eight. So you go through their five-game win streak, it's the Titans with Josh Dobbs. It's the Texans. It's the Jets with a completely... Uh, was that Zach Wilson? That was, was a, that? that was a Zach Wilson Thursday night game. He got yeah. booed, booed out exactly. of the stadium. So that's the Zach Wilson. Cowboys are up by two touchdowns. Dak throws a pick six and then throws another pick. Let's him back in the game. They get the win. And prior to that, it was a Titans team that they roughed up because they turned the ball over like five times. So you can't turn the ball over. That's, that's how this team has been able to get back into this race, punch their ticket into the playoffs by winning the AFC South. It's been on turnovers. So you mentioned it. It's 11 in, in, their last, in this five-game win streak. So you have to take care of the ball. Defensively, you can get after them. Like you said, Trevor lost a fumble against Tennessee. He's loose with the ball. You can get after him, but you have to win that turnover battle, something they've done for the most part this year, and they've barely given the ball away. I mean, my gosh, they have two fumbles in that game. I think they had only had seven all season, right, going into Denver. So Chargers are good at taking care of the ball. They just got to make sure they take care of it in this game because that seems to be the way that the Jags, like you said, in the game in week three, Herbert had two turnovers. So it's kind of like make sure you take care of the ball because that's how this team has been able to, to get themselves into the tournament. We remarked in week three, I think after that game, just 
how good the game plan was by Doug Peterson. Uh, Trevor got the ball out of his hands so quickly. Didn't really give the Chargers pass rush a chance. You know, you, you, you lose Joey, that's one thing. But the way that they kind of played the Chargers in week three, um, I know that the Jags are a different team, and Etienne's yeah. the, the running back. He's the bell cow now, and they've evolved. Trevor's evolved. Um, do, you, do you think they'll they'll kind of go back to the well in terms of just, hey, get the ball out of Trevor's hands quickly rather than take those deep shots? Because I don't think Trevor took – really any deep shots in week three uh, to be honest i'm not sure i don't know what uh, the one thing i'll say is he's such a good play caller Doug he Peterson is, is one and he's of aggressive. the best in the league and i think you're going to probably see a lot of those rpos um you know etienne is he you know he's very dynamic do it all back he can catch the ball really well we've seen ingram take advantage of linebackers when you try to line up linebackers on him he's much bigger than safeties when you try to line up safeties on him he's a legit weapon I think we all see for all the incoming they took for the Christian Kirk deal, how valuable he's been in the slot, in the middle of the field. So I think that was a big reason why Bryce Callahan rested in that Denver game because they know how important he's going to be, that, that Kirk is the guy that Trevor really wants to go to. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know how Peterson's going to approach it. If I had to guess, I think there's going to be a lot of RPOs and a lot of quick, a lot of quick strikes, you know, just to try to get Khalil Mack and Joey on their heels. You know, yeah. you got to read he that mesh. You know, is it a handoff? Is he keeping it? Is it a quick throw? So the one good thing is, you know, well, not one good thing. One of the great things that we've seen in the close of the season and how dominant this defense has been is it's been a different game plan every week. You know, every single week, you know, coach has come up with a different scheme and a different approach of how he wants to slow these guys down, you know, slow an offense down. So, you know, I think it's two really, really good play callers that are going to be dancing with one another in Peterson versus Staley. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of adjustments made throughout the course of this game as they try to figure out what they're doing and how can, you know, how can I take away? Okay, so Doug has now moved this way. How can I take it away? And then, you know, Coach Peterson's going to be like, all right, Coach Staley's done this, so now I've got to adjust. And that's going to happen this whole game. And that's the difference from having Doug Peterson this year to Urban Meyer last year. I mean, you're talking about a guy that is one of the absolute best in the league at drawing up offense and one of the guys that's the best in the league at drawing up defense. And that's why I would be really surprised if this wasn't a tight game, um, if, if this was not another one of those games that just kind of stays tight into the fourth quarter. And it's going to be, like I said, of utmost importance to not be the team that turns it over and, and ends up losing this game. All right, guys, a real quick break to let you know for every game this season when the Chargers defense gets an interception, you can score a free chicken sandwich when you buy one at your local Popeyes. Visit Chargers.com slash promotions to learn more. These playoff games can literally just come down to plays, to a play, to some sort of game-changing play, whether it's on offense or defense. We've talked about Joey and Khalil. Uh, you know, Derwin is somebody who you would expect to show up in a big way in a game like this. But how about freaking Kyle Van Noy, man? Every single week, yeah. every Five single in week in December and January, he has done something. He's like, he's a forced to fumble. He, he's picked the ball off. He's gotten a sack. He's gotten a huge tackle for loss. It's like, it's almost like a, a switch went on for him. It's like, all right, it's playoff mode now. And, and this is exactly why you get a guy like this. So to, to have Kyle playing at the level that he's playing at right now, Morgan Fox, I think, set a career high in sacks this year. Yeah, he, he's he been awesome in December. So your pass rush beyond Joey and Khalil really found itself. And I almost think they, they really, uh, 
help Joey out. Like, let Joey get to 110% um, playing the, the way that they did so, so you, you bring Joey back full speed for the playoffs. Well, that's – and I think it's just even within a game, Chris, not like if, if you take it micro, right? Just go in the game. Yeah. And you talk about now having depth. You know, and now Joey's fresh and Khalil's fresh and Kyle Van Noy is fresh and Morgan Fox can get after it. You know, there was a game where we didn't know how they were going to field a defensive line. You know, when all those, you know, when you had Covington and Tito go out in the same game and you had just released Jerry Tillery and we're like, how are they going to field a team? And now you see what Fajoko has turned into this year, Beast. how important he's become, you know, Sebastian. So now you have that defensive front where you can, you know, where now because of what Fajoko has been able to do, in, you know, in the absence of Austin Johnson and Christian Covington, now you've got depth, and they trust Hinton, and they trust David Moa, you know, to get that push on the inside to force a quarterback to the edges right into the arms of, you know, Van Noy, Bosa, and, and Khalil. And I know, you know, Joey got his first sack last week, but, man, he's been close. These two, I mean, he's been close to four or five of them. So now that you don't have to have him out there for all those snaps that you can rotate Van Noy as he works himself back in, you know, from that injury that kept him out for 13 games, it's huge. I mean, just huge to have that advantage. And it's going to benefit Van Noy because he doesn't have to be out there and get worn down. From, like, that's what people forget. Oh, you know, I was watching this defensive lineman. He's taking some plays off. You think? A 330-pound guy leaning on him every time they snap the ball. Of course he's taking plays off. My God, you know, and that's where the depth comes into play when you can let him get fresh on the side. You know, let's not forget Chris Rump's got two sacks this year. He's come on as of late. So, when you have the ability to keep those guys fresh, you know, especially Bosa coming back from being out so long, that's going to go a long way. And, and when you don't feel like there's a dramatic drop-off in your pass rush when Joey's on the sideline for a series or Khalil Mack's on the sideline for a series, man, that goes a long way. Man, Fahoko and Sebastian Joseph Day, the way that those guys have played too. You know, I mentioned all the other guys because we were just talking about the pass rush. But yeah. the way they've been able to stop the run – and just be that kind of stabilizing forces in there has been awesome for this Chargers defense. Uh, and, and money, here we go, right? Justin Herbert's first playoff game. We've been waiting yeah. for this moment for a long time. I think the closest thing we saw to it was week 18 last year where he was just converting fourth down after fourth down, keeping the, the team in it. Uh, what are you expecting from Justin in, in his first playoff game? Greatness. I mean, like just to put it bluntly, I expect greatness. You know, yeah. he plays so well in prime time. Um, he seventh game, little... seventh game in primetime, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean he he makes plays that that just other quarterbacks can't. You know, he makes throws that other quarterbacks can't. Um, there was a throw, I believe it was to Parham, uh, if I remember right. It was to Parham left side between the numbers and the sideline in the Denver game. It's just ridiculous. Like it, it's just it's a ridiculous throw, and it's it's sidearm, and it's it's just floated right over the top of a linebacker and a safety is closing so it's got enough power behind it that it just falls right into his hands perfectly and he makes those plays game in and game out and you talk about taking the most sacks of any player through that one five game stretch and now the guy's barely getting sacked you know and, and I think it speaks to how healthy he is and the fact that he can run around and he is comfortable standing in there and delivering the ball instead of just kind of covering it up and making sure. And like that's the other thing to remember is, yeah, he was taking all these sacks, but he wasn't turning the ball over. Because that's where a lot of those sacks come from, is him just not being quite healthy or comfortable enough to extend the play, to climb the pocket, to take the hit as he's throwing it, and him not wanting to turn it over. So he's just kind of essentially accepting the sack and living to fight for another play. Um, that's sort of, that, that's now ended, you know, where he is extended. He's getting hit when he's throwing. 
um, and he's comfortable doing it. So that's, you know, I do think, you know, I, I'm very, I'm hopeful that Mike can play. Um, you know, I have no idea what his status is, but like, that's the one thing that's, I think, disconcerting about his absence is, you know, when the chips are down, that's where Justin goes. You yeah, know, that's, no. and we've seen it, you know, and there's a reason why. And I, I and money, he's been so, he's been so good. He's been so good and been such a, really, I think the key reason why the Chargers offense has had so much success yeah. in December, January. I mean, the, the stat for me for the playoffs that, man, it's like, oh gosh, I hope he's out there. Um, since Mike came into the league, go ahead, touchdowns in the fourth quarter or overtime, he leads the league. Seven of clutch leads the league. And that doesn't count the catches that lead to field goals to win games, you know, or that are catches that get you to goal to go that lead to runs that win games. And so that's, you know, that's, that's where the loss of Mike is going to loom large if he's not able to get out there. Um, How do you get the ball down the field? It's Josh Palmer, you know, it's just, Hey man, yeah. do what you did. You know, it's, uh, it's Josh and, and it's, and it's Carter. It, it, it changes a lot. It changes yeah. a lot to not have him out there. So, you know, hopeful that, that he can do it. It certainly didn't look good. Um, it's a rough injury. And, uh, you know, I think, I think a lot of people listening have probably had back issues and they know how they can be tricky. Um, sometimes they linger. Sometimes they're gone the next day. You go see the chiropractor. It's like an angel was dropped on you, you know, yeah. from above and you feel great the next day. So I have no idea what Mike's going through. If it's a contusion, uh, if it's a muscle, if it's, you know, if it's something more serious, I'm just very hopeful that, that we see him out there. Now, the one thing I will say that's, that's developed these last two to three weeks is a lot of 13 personnel. You're starting to see a lot more of that that we did not see. And, and so much of it is because Parham is, is a great block, has become a really good blocker, and he's an exceptional receiver. Um, we're seeing a lot of Trey McKitty, Gerald Everett, Donald Parham out there. It's helped the running game. It, it just tremendously and it's also created confusion for defenses because they'll hold the block and then they'll slip out and we know how good Everett and Parham are at catching the ball and you're seeing big completions downfield for Parham these last few weeks uh touchdowns for Parham touchdowns for Everett so that might be the the counter you know if there's no Mike I think you could end up seeing a lot more 13 and both, you know, Joshua and, and Austin have been really good running in 13 personnel. So th that's what my guess would be is, is how you overcome it. You have the 13 so they can hold their blocks a little longer for guys like Keenan and, and Josh who aren't 4-3 guys to get a little bit further downfield, you know, break their guys off with route combos and, and, and get those deep shots. So that's, that's what I would guess. I, I think yeah. that's what we would end up seeing. You read my mind. I was just going to go to you next about about the two tight ends, Parham and, and Everett, especially in the red zone. Justin has has really kind of found those guys, and uh, I think Joshua Kelly could be an X factor in this game too. I, I look at the time of possession and just how lopsided it was in this first matchup. Uh, the Chargers, I, I think, have been so much better running the football and kind of playing on their terms, and I think that's going to be important. I think Joshua has you know come back from that injury. Uh, he's full go, and he's uh, really the perfect complement to Austin right now. And just w one more comment. Let's say Mike. Yeah. Let's just say for the sake of this conversation that Mike is not full go. Um, but you know he may be out there. He may not. Who knows? Uh, Joshua Palmer was <laughs> one of the lone bright spots in that week three game, six for ninety nine. Yeah. And and we saw him. You know during that stretch money where you're preaching to tread water and and just win games. Uh, Joshua Palmer 
was helping you do that. Atlanta, he he was the guy, he was the go-to guy uh, um, when Cameron Dicker hit that game winner. So Josh was done it. He had a, a beautiful catch for a two-point conversion on Week 18, and, and like he has these flash plays where you you know he's got it in him, um, and you hope that he can be a, an integral part of the offense, whether Mike's out there or not. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's again that's why it goes to those tight ends. Is you know you go through the pass rushing numbers. And I'm just pulling them up here, so I have them in front of me the whole season. Look, this is a team that can get after it. Um, they got crazy athletic edges, you know, and, and Arden Key has had a career, you know, resurgence here with five sacks, uh, 47 pressures, uh, 11 quarterback hits, Josh Allen, 72 pressures, seven sacks, 17 hits, you know, Trayvon Walker, the number one overall pick, 42 pressures, seven quarterback hits, three and a half sacks, like you've got to slow those guys down. And like you said, if you want your shot plays, you're probably going to have to hold your blocks a little bit longer. And so that's why I think, you know, you're probably going to see a lot of extra tight ends. Um, they're going to have to be able to run the ball. We know how much better, you know, especially on first down, this offense has looked with play action. So you've got to get the run game going so they'll honor play action. And I think that's going to be a big part of the offense as well. Um, and look, Keenan's been exceptional. I mean, Keenan, two touchdowns against the Broncos. Guy didn't want to come out. He's like, yeah. whatever, man, I'm out he here. He said I'm he good. needed it, money. He said he needed it. Yeah. He's, you know, they're asking, did, did, were you, what were your thoughts on not playing or versus playing? And he said, I, I only played six or seven games this year. Like, I, I needed the work. And, uh, yeah. and like you said, he, he's been awesome. Um, we were, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. No, no, got it. I was just going to say, uh, 2019 was the last time we were there. Uh, Austin had, Maybe the best, one of the best games of his career, the hundred hundred game and ninety yard touchdown, money <laughs> ninety Jones. yard touchdown. I will yell in your ear. I will yeah. yell in your ear. Um, and by the way, was not the AFC Offensive Player of the Week after that game. Hundred uh, hundred <laughs> ninety yard <laughs> who, touchdown. Who, who got it? I don't exactly. We got to check. Austin has had uh, four games with three touchdowns in in his career. He had that 100-100 game and just 2 weeks ago was his first ever AFC offensive player of the week. As ridiculous as that may be. Um so, look, it's it's a playoff game. It's a team that's won 5 games in a row. It's a team that had to win a game, you know, against essentially the team that has run the division the last 3 years to punch their ticket in. Um and they're they're good. You know, the Jags are good. They're young, but they're a really good team with a really good quarterback. I mean, there's a reason why Trevor Lawrence was the number one overall pick, and a lot of people were talking him, yeah. talking about him as a, a prospect that comes around maybe once every 10, 15 years. You know, he, he won huge games at Clemson. I think about some of those shots he took in the running game against Ohio State, um, just trying to will his team to a victory. I mean, this dude is a gamer. He is an incredible quarterback. So... I don't want people to think this is going to be easy because all of the pundits are picking the Chargers to win and all the, you know, and, and the line favors the Chargers and all of that. This is going to be, it's going to be a gnarly game um, against a really well-coached team um, with a lot of weapons and, and a very good quarterback. So it's going to be a fight, man. It, like every playoff game is, it's going to be a fight. But I feel like, you know, and, and this may sound crazy, but I just feel like if they can get this one, that they can that that's how they're going to make their run just get this first one behind you um and I feel like they've seen the Chiefs twice they went into Cincinnati and and beat the snot out of the Bengals last year when they went to the the Super Bowl um 
I think the Buffalo Bills have been just okay the back half of the season. Um, so I just feel like if you can just get this one and get that momentum and get that belief, and yes, all that stuff's behind us. The 6-6, six and six, the worst run defense in the league, the, the worst third down defense, and that's all behind us now. We are, you know, over that four-game stretch, the number one scoring defense, the number one overall defense, the number one third down defense. That's what we are, and that's what the AFC is going to have to deal with is, is what I kind of feel like they need to – to have as their mantra, you know, coming out of this game. And, and I feel like they can do it, um, but I think it's going to be tough just because the first one's always, that first step is always the toughest. It was, you know, I, I go back to when they played Baltimore and they were dominant for the first three quarters. And then it got real, real interesting on the road. Yeah. And, uh, you know, L Lamar Jackson nearly brought him back. Um, but I, I go back to 2019 too, because that, that was, there were the old Jags, the, the bad Jags with nobody in the stands last Saturday was pretty electric and you know Justin's played in a lot of deafening environments you go from Arrowhead to week 18 at, at Allegiant so I, I know he'll be ready and money real quickly on on just the, the playoff experience you mentioned Doug Peterson Super Bowl winning coach you know there, there's guys on that staff that that have been there um and I know this will be Brandon Staley's first playoff game but you know all the guys that I mentioned before that they brought in for this moment like how do you how do you process the the head coaching experience yeah. on one side versus the players who have actually done it on the Chargers side? I think side? it's a great point, Chris. I think it's a great point. Um, look, I don't think there's anything you can say, but Coach Staley's got to earn it. You know, he's never done it. So it's like, let's see what kind of playoff coach he is. Um, like I said, I, I feel like, you know, this closing stretch have been playoff games, and we've seen what he's been able to scheme up and dial up, you know, against the Dolphins, against the Titans. You know, going for two against Arizona, knowing how important it was to get that win and how beat up his defense was going into overtime and just not wanting to take that risk. Um, so I feel like we've seen playoff decision-making over, over this stretch in order to punch your ticket just to get in. But everything's magnified, man. Every You just think about that Week 18 last year, you know, and going forward on fourth down, deep in your own territory, not getting it, the incoming he took for that. Um, so I just, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say about coach. And, and, you know, if there's scar tissue there from week 18 last year, you know, and fair or not, the whole timeout thing, which should already not be an issue, you know, Rich, you know, um, gosh, what the heck was the guy's name? I can't remember his name now. Basilia. Um, Basaccia. Basaccia. There you go. Uh, coach Basaccia saying, no, that, that timeout had nothing to do with us deciding to kick the field goal. Uh, it was getting the first down. And when you were, when it was third and eight, that's what did it. Um, so I think, I think it'll be interesting, you know, because we've seen it, man. We we have seen coaches make their bones in the postseason by either being aggressive or playing smart, and we have seen them completely come undone. Um, mismanaging clock, uh, kicking field goals when you should be going for it, going for it when you should be kicking field goals. I do think... Pressure packed. Exactly. I, I do think it's a great point you bring up that, that Coach Peterson has been through it and he's ridden his decision-making all the way to the Super Bowl, and that probably breeds a little bit of confidence in him and whatever decisions he makes. The one thing I'll say about Coach, he's a pretty confident guy. You know, oh, yeah. I think we, he's, he's a pretty confident guy, so the one thing I know he's not going to do is second-guess himself. He's going to make a decision and he's going to live with the consequences or the successes, um, and I do think that's incredibly valuable. You don't want someone that that's not comfortable or confident in those moments. And the one thing we do know about coaches, he is. 
He's borderline defiant. You know, he's like, look, this is what we're doing. It's how we play. It's, it's our identity. And, and I think that's important to have. He doesn't blink, and he's always down for a challenge. And I, I know he's probably looking at that week three game saying, okay, here we go. Let, yeah. let's, count, let's counter it. Oh, uh, yeah. Money, final thing, uh, keys to victory. Like, if, if I'm putting you on the spot here, but, like, if there's one or two or three things that the Chargers absolutely have to do to win this game against Jacksonville on the road, what would they be? Yeah, I think one is win the turnover battle. There's going to be turnovers. Um, you know, I, I, I think the key is – I should say – I shouldn't say that. Look – I think his, his recency bias, you know, the last six weeks suggests there are going to be turnovers. You know, the Chargers have piled up a ton of them from their opponents. The Jags have piled up a ton of them from their opponents. So we know these are two teams that can create turnovers, win that battle. Um, two, protect the quarterback. You know, protect the quarterback. Look, the, the Jags are down their left tackle, and the Chargers got Joey Bosa back and a Kyle Van Noy who has been as effective a pass rusher as any player in the league get to the quarterback and protect yours. Um, however you have to do it, Joe Lombardi, if that means a ton of 13 personnel, uh, if that means, you know, throwing the ball quickly and you're not able to take as many deep shots as you might like for those explosive plays, uh, I think that's important just because that's going to help you protect the football and win the turnover battle. And conversely, Joey, Khalil, Morgan Fox, Chris Rumpf, Kyle Van Noy, get after it, you know, get after it. So, um, I think probably the other key too is special teams. You know, I think we've we, seen it. We haven't talked how about important it's been. Yeah, you know, in these tight games, to have a kicker you believe in, to have one of the best punters. My gosh, I think some of those punts that J.K. had in Denver are still hanging up there in the sky. You know, and one of them led to a turnover. Remember, so you know, on the muff punt. So I think that's going to be a big part of this as well. You know, with a rookie kicker. I'm, I, look, I have no doubts about Cameron Dicker. I think the dude's got freaking ice water in his veins. So I think that very well could play into this as well. I know it's simple. We hear it all the time. Don't turn the ball over. Get after the quarterback. Protect yours. I think it's a pretty simple plan, um, you know, moving forward. It's, a, it's simple, but it's also the difference between winning and losing in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, those, those are the things that can happen. And hopefully Cameron Dicker is this year's Evan McPherson, right, who's just like ice cold or yeah. <laughs> he had ice in his veins last year. Hopefully, Cam, you know, Cameron has been incredible and just very just confident walking onto the field, and uh, you hope that continues in Jacksonville. And, I, and I, I just add this, you know, the offensive game plan will probably change based on the health of Mike Williams. Um, and if Mike's out there and they can do everything, then – Man, you let it go. But if if he's limited or for whatever reason he's not out there, um, th- that running game with Austin Eckler. Um, you know, Austin remembers uh, what happened in week three. Four carries yeah. for five yards. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen again. So I think running the football effectively, regardless of, of who's out there uh, at the wideout position, is going to be really important. you got to run the football. Yeah, and I'll just add, finally, you know, to, to button it, just be aggressive. You know, I, I think I – think being aggressive always ends up working out better than trying to, you know, dink and dunk or, you know what I mean? It just, I feel like in the playoffs, you know, aggression tends to be rewarded. I feel like that's just get after it. You're really, you know, it's a really good football team. Chargers are a really good football team. And I think had they played, you know, all out and wanted to win that game, you know, and not rest their starters in the fourth quarter and stuff like that, they would have won that game and they'd be coming into this thing on a, on a five game win streak as well. So, um, to me, I, I, I think just keep doing what you've done, and they have been very aggressive, playing a lot of press, a lot of man, 
you know, running an extra blitzer. Drew Tranquil is so good at timing those things up. Um, would love to see more of that. Here we go. Saturday night. Al Michaels on the call, too. How about that? Yeah, Al Michaels, that. Tony Dungy, and uh, Kelly Hartung, I think, on the sidelines. So it'll be fun to have Al there. It's always a, a big game feel when he's on the mic. Um, and when you're on the mic with DJ, man, I can't wait to see you guys uh, on the bus on, on Saturday. It's going to be fun. All right, guys, uh, hopefully uh, you, you enjoy Saturday night. Maybe you'll be there. Maybe you'll be in Jacksonville. If you are, say hi. Uh, for money, I'm Chris. This has been Chargers Weekly.